And so here's my vision. And this is what helped me understand the purpose of life is a lot of people say, I don't know what my purpose of life is. And your sole purpose of life is to live, be your truest, authentic version of yourself. That's your whole purpose. Once you understand that, then anything that you do outside of that is just an extension of who you are. Welcome to the Rustica Fair podcast, a show that helps to inspire empowered listeners to become the best version of themselves by bringing you engaging guest speakers who share their powerful stories of transformation and change. My name is Krista Nicholson. I'm a teacher, conference host, and women's empowerment entrepreneur. Thank you for spending some time with me today and listening to this episode. My special guest speaker today is Yamantra Waddell, a live past crazy specialist that helps individuals to identify, analyze, and release their crazy while developing their own personal blueprint. Yamantra has also been featured on the Oprah Network. Join us today as we discuss living past crazy and what steps you can take to regain control of your life and make you the priority. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this live past crazy. And I know you have this fabulous book out and I want you to tell me all about it. All right. So, um, live past crazy special. So I kind of got it. So I host a morning show on Facebook weekdays at seven 30. And I was talking about how people can live past crazy. And then in the middle of it, I was like, cause I'm a live past crazy specialist. And I was like, I kind of like the way that sounds. And it, and it had stuck with me because I think we all have crazy in our lives. Your crazy can just be different than mine. Your crazy could be, you know, the kids, the husband, the job, all the things, or it could be, you know, abuse, mental, emotional. So we all define crazy just a different way. I'm just a firm believer that we can live past crazy. Like we don't have to literally stay in it if we don't, if we don't want to. Um, and so which prompted me to write a book and it's called um, Fearless Woman Born to Give Thanks. And it's my journey inside of crazy as a survivor of domestic violence and what abuse looks like from the pastor's point of view, because my abuser was the pastor of my church. And what does that look like? And how do you live? How do you take that crazy and now live past it? Excellent. That's great. So tell me a little bit more about that staying in that. Why do you think we tend to stay in that um, craziness for so long? I think it becomes comfortable. It becomes something that um, it's something that you know. So you've heard people say, you know, better the devil, you know, than the one you don't better the crazy, mm -hmm. you know, because even though, so for me, even though there was the abuse of all kinds, I was like, if I leave, what is outside of that? I, I don't have a job. My family's 400 miles away. Like no one knows me. I have not talked to them in two years. So how, who am I going to reach out? Who's going to help me? And so you just say, you know what? And at that point, you begin to accept the fate of your life. You begin to accept that you're going to die at their hands, that there's no hope, that there's no use of, of trying to, you know, try to live past it, just accept it and make the most of it in that moment. And the more I thought about it, the more I was afraid to make a decision. I was petrified to do anything about it. But I also knew I was going to die one way or other. And I had to decide if I wanted to die at his hand or die trying to leave. And I decided to take the bet on dying, trying to leave. And 
I think we stay because it becomes normal. It becomes our crazy normal thing. And if we don't ever address it, it's just something that we keep going over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think some people, they just, they don't know how to live without that, that yeah. craziness. Yeah. They, it's chaos and you don't know how, and your body lives in um, an extreme state of awareness all the time when, when you're with an abuser. Like you are so aware of everything at all times and your body's in survival mode. And so the minute you don't have that, like I couldn't sleep there. I had insomnia. There was the depression. I had all the things because my body was, because, you know, in the nerd science world, your body starts to create hormones and chemicals when you're in that high uh, survival mode and mm-hmm. your body becomes addicted to, to that feeling that you keep creating over. And then all of a sudden you don't have it your body doesn't know how to react. And we're so used to being on edge and alert of what's going to happen now. Well, who's going to move? Who's going to do that? Who's not going to do that? That you don't know how to live outside of that. And that's the hard part is trying to figure out what is my daily routine past crazy? Like I've been living this for so long. Mm -hmm. Like what, what is that? I don't even know what that is. So like the hotline. So before I left, I called the abuse hotline and it was like, save your money, make a plan. I I didn't have that option. I had a small window of opportunity that I could leave with my two children and I had to take it. I had no control over my money, no control over anything. Like I didn't have control over when I took a bath, when I went to bed, when I used the bathroom, like he controlled everything. Like you can go to the bathroom now. And I was used to going once a day, eating once a day and doing whatever he told me. And so when the opportunity for me to come to leave, I had to take that opportunity. Now, when I left, the steps were, you know, first you got to build yourself up to leave. And then the second part is to stay in the part that you left, not thinking about what what just happened because a lot of us would think oh i can't believe i just ruined my whole life i because you're thinking of the chaos you caused because Mm -hmm. you're moving yourself out of the chaos Mm -hmm. and you need to stay in the freedom part of the chaos um and for me that was i'm a fan of mantras so and i'm a nurse so the first thing i did was i went to the library and i sat there literally (laughs) all day because i couldn't think i didn't know what to say or do and i opened up this book and there was a quote by John Wooten. And it says, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. And I wrote that quote down on the back of an envelope because I left with the clothes on my back and no money in my pocket. I Like I went to the shelter and they gave amazing. me undergarments mm-hmm. and toothbrushes. They gave me everything I needed. And so for me, every, and then I had a, a preemie who I didn't know because I wasn't allowed to touch her or hold her. Um, and she had spent her first 30 days in the hospital. So I have postpartum depression on top of regular depression, throwing some anxiety, throwing the fact that my family's 400 miles away. I'm living with strangers. Girl, the darkness was real. And so every day I just decided to celebrate every day. So if I woke up yesterday morning and I washed my face, I was like, Jojo, you know what? I'm so proud of you. You washed your face. If I brushed my teeth, Jojo, I'm so proud you washed your face and brushed your teeth. And I began to celebrate every little thing that I did. And those little tiny steps help to change my mindset. And then, you know, 1% of your day is just showing up for you every day. And you add those 1% up and, you know, you're going to hold different you in no time at all. And so that was just a process I followed, you know, it's been 17 years now and I wow. still follow that process. And 
You know, Jojo, I'm proud. Even when we're having a rough day, hey, I'm proud of you that you showed up today. I'm a fan of quiet time and journaling. So uh, those three things are like the foundation of getting past crazy. Awesome. Well, I like the idea that you're talking about that celebrating every day. I think that's something that we all need to do a little bit more and that celebrating and that showing of gratitude because yeah. to live that positive, it's hard to pull yourself out of somewhere dark mentally yeah. uh, if you're not really celebrating and showing gratitude for those little things. Yeah. And it's hard because, and, and most people are like, and they would say, that's too much. Like, why would you do that? Because the darkness was so heavy, I needed I needed something to hold on to, and that something just became me celebrating, you know, the the small things. But it's those small things that make the big difference. Absolutely. So you talked about the freedom part of the chaos and living in that whole freedom part. So now that it's been seventeen years since you've been in that part, so what what's your part of your journey now? Where are you at now? So now we are at, uh, we're at the RISE part and RISE stands for Revitalizing Individual Sacred Energy. So now I'm at the point where I not only celebrate all things JoJo, I celebrate all things in life around me. I'm a firm believer. If you, if you're focused on complaining about life, life will take from you. And some people, they are waiting on death to be free. I don't want to wait on death to be free. I want to be free now. And that means the more, and so here's my vision. And this is what helped me understand the purpose of life is a lot of people say, I don't know what my purpose of life is. And your sole purpose of life is to live, be your truest authentic version of yourself. That's your whole purpose. Once you understand that, then anything that you do outside of that is just an extension of who you are. So now I love Jojo and, and sometimes, sometimes that looks like me standing in the mirror with no clothes on be like girl I love you you have birthed two whole humans honey your body is amazing and take time to acknowledge all the things that you that you've overcome and so now it's just me making sure that I love me and make and the more I focus on that the more room and abundance comes and and I was really surprised how quickly that happened um because people recognize that and people can't, whatever help you need or advice or lesson or answer that you want in life, if you're focused on the negative or if you're not understanding your truest, highest version of yourself, the answer is not going to come or you can't see the answer. And the minute you decide, let me focus on me, let me love on me, figure out what it is, then the person that you need to give you the answer is going to come. Uh, they make themselves available, but they had to know first that you thought you were worthy enough to begin this journey. And so for me, it is absolutely enjoying the journey. It is being grateful and thankful every day and um, just sharing that story with other people so that they don't have to, you don't have to stay in crazy. If you stay, you voluntarily choose to stay in crazy, uh, especially if you have absolutely. tools, you know, tools and tricks that's going to help you out of that. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any suggestions for tools and tricks to yes. help you get out of that? <laughs> of course. So there's five keys to live fast crazy. Number one, of course, is to be quiet. Um, we talk to ourselves so much. We don't even know how much we talk to ourselves. Like when, you, you know, when you first wake up in the morning, 
before you fully aware that's when you your truest self right when you wake up but your body hasn't started to move like you could like i might could still go to sleep that's when you're your truest self and that's when you should give yourself the most it's going to be the most amazing day it's going to be a great day some of us wake up and we hit the ground and we're like i hate this toenail polish you look in your closet i have nothing to wear you go stand in the mirror i hate my hair i don't like my face oh i got a pimple in the center and you have complained about your whole being before you ever saw another human being, before you even get your morning tea or coffee, you set yourself up for failure. And so if we are quiet, then our truest version of ourselves can speak to us. So number one is to be quiet. Two is uh, have a mantra, uh, find a quote or something that just speaks to you for it really where you resonates with be. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that speaks to you and where you wanna be. And um, three is start to find you a new circle of people. It's sometimes you just need to introduce one person into your group um, of people who you may not have thought about before. They think totally different than you. Introduce them into your group um, and then do something that makes you happy. I say go back to when you were a kid before you had all the rules of adulthood, like at seven to 10, 11 range where you, you could do anything that you ever put your mind to do. So for me, that's going to the park and I love to swing. So I go to the park. If I'm having a bad day, I go get in the swings and listen. I, yes, I have children, but I'm not ashamed to say I will not get off those swings. I don't care how many kids are waiting in line. I'm getting my turn at the swing. Nice. <laughs> and when I swing, it's all my cares and worries go away. And I'm that seven-year-old girl. And I'm going to jump out the swing too with my hands up in the air. And I'm going to say we, and I'm going to get back in line and wait my turn again. You know, until my hips start hurting because the seats, the seats are too little. Um, but we have to find some some enjoyment for ourselves. So, um, and then journaling is the last one. Write down your thoughts. Write down your feelings. And I found this amazing. At least for me, it's amazing. Is that when I write down all my anger, my frustration, my fear, when I flip the page, that's where it stays on that page. It. I've turned the page over. Now on this clean page, I get to write something different. I cannot write what I wrote about yesterday. That's the rule. I can't complain okay. about that. I can't think about it because I flipped the page and it's gone. I have it's almost new... like a placeholder for you. Yes. That's where yes. it stays. Yeah. Yes. And so now I have a new, so I have two journals. I put my worries in one and then the other one it is my notes to myself. So every day I write down three things that I like about myself. And then when I'm having a bad day, I will go back to that journal, open it up. And there are three things. Hey, Jojo, you did a good job of speaking up for yourself. I like that you actually put on makeup today. I like that you, you know, you bought a new bra and you're feeling, you know, it's the craziest, simplest things that when you go back after 30 days and read it, you, you can see your growth inside of yourself, which is the most important part. Absolutely. And I think it is the simplest things. You know, I think sometimes we overthink too much about how to, you know, move ourselves to that next step. And it's like, no, it is the simple things. It is the little things. It, it is because we can, we can make, I can make my molehill into a mountain by thinking about it. Like I, I could work myself into a panic attack right now if I try really hard. And I don't think people realize how easy it is. And I can calm myself down just as quick. So then I started thinking, well, why would I escalate to this way when I can escalate that way? And every day we have a choice which way we're going to, which way we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And those choices make all the difference. <laughs> yes. 
Oh God, yeah. They they make all because it, it decides it decides if I'm gonna have a good day or not. So when I wake up, it doesn't matter what's hurting my back, my knee, it doesn't matter. I said we're gonna have a great day today. My body feels amazing. It is healed, it is whole. I'm thankful that it's taking me where I need to be. And I set myself up for success every day. And I'm a firm believer that if you if you look at your life right now, it is a result of what you thought last week, last month, last year. Whatever you thought last month is li- you're living it now. Whatever you thought last year, you're living it now. You want to start a podcast? Ta-da! Here we go. You thought that last month, last week, last year, mm-hmm. and we can predict our future by the thoughts that we have now. So if I'm thinking I'm going to be a millionaire, there's no difference between me living in it right now and it coming to me later. And so we got to know that you know the power of now of accepting that it is now and it's not some great tomorrow that's coming you know it's today that you know we live in this moment today and be excited about that and if you are excited about today tomorrow when it comes we're just adding on top of the greatness that we Mm -hmm. already have we're not waiting on some sweet by and by day that's going to come that we never ever see it's today it's now Mm -hmm. well not abundance thinking really looking at that and um having that moment of, okay, like you said, the thoughts that you've had yesterday or today are going to be the thoughts that you have tomorrow. And I know that somebody had said to me at one of my earlier podcasts about 90% of the thoughts that you have are the same as they were yesterday. Yes. Yeah, they, they really are. Like we worry about the same thing. I ate too many potato chips. I'm overweight. I don't, I mean, it's just the same thoughts every day. And after a while, you got to get tired of you. You got to get mad at you. Be like, I'm so sick of thinking about this. Like, I don't even want to think about this anymore. And you know what? I drive my family crazy because I realized that they were participating in my pity party. And sometimes they bought their pity party to me and I participated in theirs. And we all, here we go down the road crazy. And so now if they call me complaining or they want to have a conversation that I've grown past, I just sit silently and it drives my mama up a tree. (laughs) <laughs> she's like Jojo I know you don't want to hear this I'm just not going to talk about it no more okay thank you ma and we keep right on talking about something else because I'm not because I'm just so mindful of the words that are coming out of my mouth and that it's going to set me up for the future that I just I can't participate if I'm going to participate in something I'm going to participate in something good and not negative Absolutely. So that abundance thinking, what suggestions would you have for somebody that really wants to start on that whole abundance thinking? Um, I have two quotes that probably sum that, that journey up. One, never close your mind to an idea simply because it's miraculous. And I read that out of uh, a novel that I was reading and whatever idea thought that you have in this moment, like Jojo may be crazy, but I'm going to take this thought just for a minute it is yours and it's miraculous for a minute. And that abundance is for you right now. It's not for later, it is now. And you deserve, we deserve absolutely every piece of it. And the minute we understand that we don't have to, what's the word I wanna say? We don't have to kill ourselves for our abundance. Your abundance is ever before you all the time. And so for me, the journey was understanding that miraculous thoughts and ideas come to me, they are mine. Two, I can receive them. They came to me for mm-hmm. a reason. And sometimes it's hard when my thought process does not match my reality. I want to be a millionaire. I may not be living in a millionaire home right now, 
So when my thought doesn't match my reality, I make sure my words match the reality that I want to come. So that means every day I'm saying something that's in alignment to where I want to go. Uh, if you ever come to my house, there are quotes everywhere. <laughs> they are all Yeah, I see that in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From the bathroom to the wall to the kitchen. I don't care where you are on the refrigerator. They are there because I want you to be mindful of where you're going. And so if, if you don't like your current reality, we can impact our reality right now in this second. Like you don't even have to wait the next hour. You can impact it right now by saying, I'm worthy of this. And today at this second, it is mine or it's so. And just, I don't care if you write it on a sticky, put it in your pocket. If you look at it three or four times a day, your mindset is absolutely going to change. Um, I promise it's that easy. And I think we make it hard for no reason. We need it to be hard. We need it to be hard because it couldn't possibly be that easy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and mindset's everything. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mindset is everything. And you have to choose whether you're going to be positive or negative. Like you said, it's always a choice. It is all. And people think you think you don't have a choice when you do, uh, you have all the choices in, in the world. And the minute you understand that is the minute you begin living your life. So, mm -hmm. and you, you don't have to wait, you're not waiting on death to be free. You're, you're free right now. Absolutely. Fantastic. So, the three things that you like about yourself. I'm very curious. What are your things that you like the most? Uh, three things I like about, I love my laugh. So I'm from the country and I grew up around, my father was a firm believer that I should fight like a boy. So I learned how to wrestle and do all the things as a kid. So I love that I'm loud and my laugh is loud because my, my parents tried, my mother tried to tame like, Jojo, don't be so loud, you're a girl. And now I'm 46 and I'm like, ah, damn it. I'm just going to be loud. And I, you know, <laughs> so I love my loud laugh and the loudness and all the things that, that are Jojo. I love my smile. And I love the fact that I have found belly shirts at the age. Well, I'm 46 now at the age of 44, I discovered belly shirts. And I love that. Um, I love my body and that I can show it and have the, the confidence to do so. Um, and I, and, can I add one more? Maybe. Sure can. Um, yeah, let's just add one more. I love the fact of, I like who I am becoming every single day because the old Jojo aggravated the piss out of me. Like she drove me crazy because she was not only an overthinker, she was a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of that people pleaser, it was wearing her out. It ended, you know, ended up at the hospital a couple of times being stressed out, trying to please everybody in isolation my body shutting down and the doctor said, there's nothing medically wrong with you. You are simply stressed out and you've got whatever you're doing, you've got to stop. And so that was my journey to not people pleasing anymore. So I like the fact that I'm no longer a people pleaser. That was a hard, long journey. It was a hard, hard fault journey, but I love it. Well, and I think there's lots of us that are out there like that. I'm a recovering people pleaser myself. Yes. So, yes. and, and, you know, if people were to ask me, like, why do you think you kind of live to please others. And I think on some behalf, I'm very service oriented. And I think part of it comes from wanting to serve others. Right. But I, I'm curious, what do you think? Why do you think people are people pleasers? Um, I think uh, that would, because I love to help other people. But I also think it, if I'm true to myself, and I look back at my childhood, I was a people pleaser to keep the peace. I was the peacekeeper at home. And because I was the peacekeeper at home, 
I just ran with that because I knew if I could interject my energy or myself into it, that perhaps I could change how people were, you know, I grew up in an abusive home. So if I could distract my father, so he didn't hit my mother, or if I could get them not to drink. And then it, it just became more people pleasing. Well, if I make good grades in school, then they'll give me this. Well, if I graduate with honors, they'll give me this. Well, if I get a doctorate degree, they will think this. And if I write, and it became exhausting because when you people please, it's never enough. It's never enough for you. You may have pleased the people around you, but it will never be enough for you because you assume you haven't reached that level for them yet. And so for me, it goes back to my childhood of being a peacekeeper and um, trying to make the peace for everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I think a lot of people are in the, the similar situations for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Because it's hard. And then it is really hard to make that shift of, you know, accepting you for who you're, who you are and that authentic version of yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you think you're you're turning your back on the people that you said you you wanted to help. Like, I just want to help people. And, and you think you're turning your back on them when you start to focus on you. But the truth is, I can't be the only live past crazy specialist. I can't be anything that I want to be to the people in the world if I'm not first that for myself. And so if, if I can't apologize for wanting to take time for me to fix all the things inside of me, then give. Um, and it, the journey never stops. In April of last year, I wrote in my journal, um, Jojo, why are you so comfortable in the darkness? And mm -hmm. my answer, and sometimes we're even afraid to write, I, I answer down to our own questions because we don't want to see it in writing. And it says, because you're afraid of the light. And I was like, what? And I, and I often go back and read it. Why are you so comfortable in the darkness? Because you're, it was a, because I'm afraid of the brightness of my light. And some of us are shy, afraid to shine bright because it will highlight other people's inactivity. It may push us away from our family. It may mean I end a friendship. I end a marriage. I end a relationship. It may mean a whole lot of things. Again, I'm comfortable in this darkness of crazy. Why would I go to the vastness of that light that I don't know, I don't understand, when this crazy has just been my normal for 20, 30 years? And um, that's when we have to, you know, it's a great divide. You got to cross the line to mm -hmm. say, you know, you accept this part of you that you are meant to be amazing and um, begin looking at that part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that fear of the unknown and taking that risk Yes, and knowing you're worth the risk. Yeah. It's scary because before anybody tells you what you can't do, you're going to tell yourself like, Georgia, you can't do that. Like who, who the hell, like, why do you think you could do that? And and my question is, why not? Like, who, who, who said that I could not? And nobody told me I could not told myself. And then is that true? So there's two things on this journey. Is it true? And do or am I willing to do the work of what I said I wanted? Is this true? Can I really, truly do this? The answer is more than likely 100% yes. The scary part is, okay, well, let's do the work of that. And that... Let me tell you the work for me. I got laid off from my job 20 October 2010. And I was like, I want something different. And myself said, but are you willing to do the work? And I was like, what's, work? what's that? I've been working my whole life. Well, now you don't have a job. So why don't you cash in your 401k, pack up your kids and move three states in the opposite direction? I was like, yeah, well, I don't want to do that kind of work. <laughs> 
that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And you don't know. And my family was like, you know, no, you don't know anybody there. You're moving there. You don't have a place to live. It's like, but I got money and I'm friendly. So, and I packed up kids and I moved and it has been the best move um, since I did that. You know, we're talking seven books, um, a morning show. We got on the Oprah, Oprah Winfrey Network once. We get, you know, we got all of these things and it was just taking, you know, a, a big step, you know, mm-hmm. and it's in your mindset first. So. Yeah. And deciding that you're worth it and worth yes. the risk. Oh, oh God. We think everybody else is worth, your man is worth the risk for you to, I'm going to tough it out with you because I love you. He's worth the risk, but you're not. Like your parents are worth the risk of driving you insane. Everybody's worth it except for you. Would that, if you say that out loud, it doesn't even make sense to yourself. So, yeah. It's crazy how that works, hey? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So um, if you had three pieces of advice that you could give anyone about maybe perhaps they were in a similar situation in in an abusive relationship or uh, three pieces of advice for how they could live past crazy. What would you give them? Um, Respect the power that is you is the first one. You are so powerful that, and this is how I looked at at my ex-abuser. I was so powerful that he saw something in me that he desperately needed. He didn't know how to ask for it. He didn't know how to say share it. He only knew to take it from me. And he didn't want anybody else to have that. And it wasn't until I understood and started to respect the power of me that I understood that. So we are, we are so powerful. So if we begin to respect the power that you're smart, you can make this decision because we don't trust our decision-making ability because we may have made a wrong decision somewhere along the way. So we said, well, I'm not even going to make that decision anymore. So we don't. But the minute we begin to respect the power that is us, that you make good decisions is the minute. Like there's all just minutes of breakthroughs that you can have. So respecting that power that is you um, is the first one. Uh, The second one is I I would say you can do hard things. (laughs) You can do them them. like if you have birthed a whole human, even if you haven't, if you're an auntie, cousin, uncle, it doesn't matter. If some young child looks up to you for anything, you can do hard things. And it's only hard because we assume we can't do that. And if we understand, and this is the third thing, that you're qualified to be exceptional. You're just nervous in front of your current community. So you respect the power that's inside of you and know that you're qualified to be exceptional. You're qualified to dream as big as you want. You're qualified to dream that you you don't wanna live in this abuse anymore, that you deserve more, that there's a better life for you. And you're qualified to make that happen. You're nervous in front of your current community because your current community is your abuser. It is everything and everybody that supports him or her and nothing that supports you. It does not take away from your qualification of living past crazy, it doesn't. You got to respect the power that is that is you first and know that you're qualified and know that you can do hard things. And those three things will they will take you very far. So there's something I used to do. And I'm not ashamed to share this. I wrote this in a book when I was knee deep in abuse and my shower time was the only time he did not regulate. And it was a small window in our bathroom. I was standing in the bathroom 
and I would chant, I know I'm not crazy. I didn't, I didn't take a bath. I did. I would just stand under that water and look out the window and I would say, I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. Jojo, you are not crazy. Until I would hear him yell, you've been in there too long, time to get out the shower. And I would get out the shower, put my clothes, you know, go on about my day. But it was that small space to myself, that small piece of you. You know, like I said, when you first wake up, when you first go to sleep, that's when you're your truest self. And for me, that was in the bathroom. And when you, there's nobody telling you anything. It's just mm -hmm. you. And that's when you talk to you. And I don't care what you have to say. You say it over and over until you start to believe that. And that was ultimately the thing that says, no, you're not crazy. You can live past this. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. So where are you going on your journey next? Tell me about some all of the awesome things that are coming up for you. So um, next we have the Sister Rise Retreat coming up in October. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And uh, my personal journey is just, I'm really focusing on NLP, which is Neuro Linguistics, uh, where is the importance of words and what they mean and you know how you can impact your life with your words. And I'm very mindful um, and I tell my kids and anybody that will listen to give your words in your breath direction every morning. If you don't tell your words in your breath direction every morning, you will keep tripping over the same thing, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So every morning I give my words in my breath direction. This morning, I give my words more um, direction to make sure I accomplish this. And it happens. And so um, just understanding the practice of, of what words are and just Having, having fun on this journey. I mean, listen, this is the fun part. Everybody thinks this is the scary part, but this is the fun part because you get to rewrite a new you. Whatever you dream and desire, you get to write it out. And I'm, I, I'm excited. I've overcome my fear of water, my fear of heights. Honey, we have overcome a lot of things. So I'm just excited. See, you know, what, what's coming up next? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell me a little bit more about that Sister Rise retreat. I've seen some advertisements for it. Looks great. Oh, thank you. So Sister Rise is an, it's October the 15th through the 18th. And it's only for 12 women. And it does not matter your color, your sexual orientation. Our first year was last year. And we had every spectrum that you could imagine in that room. And it was 12 women. And we had the best, like we cried. We, we hugged. They walked away best friends. We did... Um, uh, release intention where we wrote down all the things we wanted to release then we set them on fire so you could not take them back with you uh, we did an intention ceremony where we set our intentions out on water uh, with rose petals uh, and we just spent time together understanding so rise stands for revitalizing individual sacred energy to understand how powerful you are and that your energy everything that makes you you is what draws people to you how do you protect that and how do you use that for good in the world? And, you know, what does revitalizing like? How do you protect it? How do you, when you're empty from it because you've given it away or you've used it all up, how do you replenish it and get it back and just start over for another, for another day? So it's just three days of us just, listen, we're, we're sisters for real. We're hanging out in the house. We're hanging out by the pool. We have a chef that comes in and fix all our meals. And, you know, we're just doing some deep work if that means we have to get past some blocks that are holding us, we, we just, we're there to do all the work. So um, I'm excited to do it again this year. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's neat. I, like I said, I saw that advertisement. I was like, oh, that looks like something awesome. 
Yes, it's going to be fun. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It was uh, it was an awesome talking with you. Thank you. You guys have, listen, had the most amazing day. And I always like to tell people to be peaceful, period. And I believe in it so much. I have it tattooed on my arm. Uh, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing after being peaceful. So if you can be peaceful inside yourself, the rest of the world will, will plan themselves accordingly. That I can promise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Make sure to check out Yvonne Waddell's website included in the show notes, as well as if you've missed any of our other Rustic Affair podcast episodes, make sure to check those out as well at www.therusticaffairpodcast.com. The Rustic Affair podcast, becoming the best version of you.